0: Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: To the day Kevin Durant signed with the Golden State Warriors, one of the biggest signings of all time. And it seems
1: like seven years ago that I've seen you in person. Ben Malice is in Perth. Welcome back. I like this introduction. I need to go away more often. I've come back to town <laughs> yeah. and I mentioned the same breath as Kevin Durant. And yes, I'm sitting here drinking a wonderful back chat beverage, which That's is right. appropriate because I think we need to pour one out for. Mr. Kevin Durant and his career has not been the same over the past seven years, but no, we're back. That's right. He's still doing things. This is the Shelter beer. Just a little plug. So
0: Shelter is a, uh, one of our partners over at the Backchat. You know, Backchat Studios. They're they're involved with us. One of our when our good mates over at Shelter, we've released our own beer. It's the Backchat Ale.
1: It's bloody good. It it's goes a good. I might be smuggling some of these onto the Qantas flight home. Oh, me. absolutely! Do you think they'd mind if I'm sitting in the Qantas lounge pulling out my own six pack? <laughs> no, just drop them around the place so people can oh, start to what Qantas enjoy them. like they need all the help they can get. So they might steal some of the beers for their plans.
0: <laughs> no slandering Qantas. We don't have a, an airline sponsor at the moment, <laughs> so just in case there is a possibility, Qantas. I'm a fan. I'm a frequent flyer. So I'm, I've been flying I'm too bronze. much. <laughs> I'm a bronze frequent flyer. Uh, you had,
1: I upgraded to silver this week Did on the flight home. Mm. There you don't you get go. much though. Qantas is a bit stingy. Well, do you get the lounge access? You get one lounge access pass.
0: Yeah, okay, that's good though. Like, good is is. I've recently travelled a few times with lounge access thanks to Will Schofield and his playing career, travelling on uh, Virgin course. so see, much. I was
1: asking these questions to myself when I'd see all these grabs on Instagram and you just storming into the lounge. Mm-hmm. So that's thanks to our friend Mr. Schofield. So it's a staple it? now of my travelling experience that I sit in lounges. So you leave the wife and kids at home, it's all about traveling with Will. <laughs> yeah. but, to,
0: but to be perfectly honest, like the lounge is just, it's so convenient and good. Like you can rock up like an hour before you fly it and you can just know that you can sit somewhere comfortable. You can have a b- bit of meal, drink, wine, whatever. It's, it's so good. It's, I don't know how much it costs to just use the lounge all the time, but you know if 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 this whole podcast thing just doesn't really work out i'm probably going to have to go and purchase some sort of access to a lounge if i ever yeah. travel because will just
1: be like one of those old people that wants to see every lounge in australia Yeah, I think my dad might be like this wants really? to go to every airport Well, I was down in Hobart a few weeks ago in their lounge. Mm. This is about the big, as this studio we're recording in. Really? There you go. You don't have to go to Hobart, but you can check out the other locations. Was that a
0: Virgin or a Qantas one? It was a Qantas lounge. Because I've been to Qantas lounge and Virgin, and Qantas lounge is so much better than the Virgin lounge. But unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but because of... When we travel for for Backchat, it's we usually go Virgin, and um, mm. you know, I'm, gonna get, I'm not going gonna, gonna to complain because I know what will happen. Next time we travel, Scully will be like, "Well, no, you're not. I'll come in You, you,
1: <laughs> you for the Qantas one." What happens if one of the producers comes along and you just get booted to the side? I wouldn't be surprised. No, you've done it, your dash.
0: Last last time we travelled, so we went to um, we went to Sydney, did some interviews and stuff like that. this. Is a basketball show by the way, but we're just having a we'll chat, ca- about tr- travel couple of old friends catching up. Um, I walked through the plane, like we sort of split up and we, we lined up at separate times. So I'm getting on the plane with, um, with one of the other guys that works with us. And I look to my left at around row three and Scoey's just sitting in, in business. <laughs> I'm like, what the, where'd this come from? And we'll sit, like we sat in exit row. So it wasn't, too, it wasn't too bad. You weren't roughing it. Did no, I, I see you lost your
1: airpods on the plane? I lost my airpods. Did you get them back or are they gone forever?
0: No. So I did this. I've seen this thing how you can put your AirPods on your Mac and it magnetizes to the top of your screen. Really? And so I sit on the <laughs> on the AirPods on the plane and i put my um, airpods up and one drops down like doesn't magnetize properly it bounces into the abyss like could not find it <laughs> for so long and it was so awkward i'm like turning around, i'm so sorry could you just look under your seats there an airpod there and this guy's like i don't know what you're talking about and anyways after about 15 minutes of harassing these poor people behind me i eventually spot this tiny bit of white and i go it's just under your foot and he passed me my airpod it was very embarrassing but anyways the our basketball show here we are Every Wednesday, we're putting out episodes. But last week, I said, it's the second last episode ever. I did. And this was going to be the last. I lied. What happened was I looked back and I realized today is episode 39. And I wouldn't be able to sleep properly if I knew that we finished on 39. Just feels weird. So next week... Is the last episode until next week, and then we'll <laughs> assess them. Yeah, no, I think like, oh, forty. <laughs> we should go we 41, forty-one for Dirk Nowitzki. numbers, <laughs> right? No, I don't. No, next week is the last episode of the season. We'll have a break, um, probably like two, three months, because we're in we're in like summer league territory. So there is some basketball to talk about, but like and free agency, and we'll get into a little bit of that soon. But like, let's just have a little break and we'll, when we come back, there'll be more to talk about because we're going to be grasping at straws. I'm going to, have to spend 20 minutes talking about airport lounges if we're, if we're
1: not careful. Exactly. We can swap Summer League Vegas stories, but I don't think people want I to know. hear about how hot it is in the desert. No,
0: no, that's right. But um, let's get into some Summer League stuff straight away. So Keanu Pindos was announced um, last week sometime, uh, who is the Perth Wildcats' big signing of this off season is going to be playing for the Phoenix Suns summer league team, Mm. which is big, really good for him. That's a really good opportunity. gets his um, face and name on the radar of execs that go to the summer league things because he's going to play for the suns, but basically every front office has a representative at these games and they look at players and they might not, he might not make it with the summer league team at the suns, but maybe the Charlotte Hornets see him and go, actually we really like him. So interesting for, Keanu, because I know the Wildcats will be stoked that he is getting opportunity like that. But a part of me, part of them probably thinks that, like, well, we hope,
1: we hope that he doesn't end up getting signed somewhere, right? You only want to see so much good stuff. And I'll actually plug a story I've got coming on the pick and roll tomorrow. Ooh, so yeah, go let's go, go. read that. Pickandroll.com.au. .au. Yep. All about the madness of Summer League. And mm-hmm. I was delving into this article, exactly what you said, every club around the world, the NBA, Europe, the NBL. Yep. They all flock on Vegas now. It becomes a bit of a party for them in the desert. Yep. And it's kind of like Tinder for basketball, right? Mm. Everyone that can upgrade is looking to upgrade. And again, the Wildcats, obviously, it's a great experience for Pinder, going to Summer League, showing out, getting a great experience. But there must be a part of Wildcats fans out there that are hoping that he does all right. Yeah. But not too well. Yep. Because, again, this is a time to shine. Mm. And Summer League is made for people like him. It's not made for the draft picks. It's not made for our friend Victor nah. Wimbayama. Because we Victor, know where he's Victor going. Will,
0: yeah, he'll play, he'll he'll play get his minutes like two year. games. They'll, his they'll restrict his minutes. They'll make sure he doesn't get injured. And that's
1: about it. Yeah, and it'll be a massive jerk circle for the Spurs over the next yeah. week about them celebrating Victor. Mm-hmm. But Summer League is all about the fringe NBA players, which is what Pinder is. Because mm-hmm. there was talk of him potentially playing in the G League next year before he signed with the Wildcats. Yeah. And if he comes out and dominates and shows out, then there is every chance the NBA teams might be willing to invite him over for a training camp invite. Yeah. Again, whether he'd actually follow through on that and whether he wants to stay in Perth or take a chance on getting to the NBA, who knows? Yeah. But it's very interesting, isn't it? And there's all these players around the NBL, NBL, I didn't say that right, NBL that are doing the same, right? DJ Vasiljevic is one with the Kings, who's trying to essentially audition for his next contract because he doesn't want to be back in the NBL. So... It's a quite a mixed match of an environment in Summer League, but everyone's playing for jobs, and Pinder has every chance to play. Even Phoenix, right? Their yeah. bench, me and you could be their 15th man. They've got <laughs> yeah. their money left over. Yeah, that's right. So they're desperate for any talent they can find, and yeah. Pinder's got a good chance to show out and impress.
0: He's got a pretty like
1: modern NBA body, right? He's big, he's, he's long. He's tall, he's langgy. Yeah, and he can... like. He can
0: he he can do things because he's got that athleticism. He's not just going to be a guy that's parks in the paint and you can't really do much with him. There'll be a team that has a need that Pia- uh, piano kinder Pinda can actually fill. So look, I'd be you know as like you just want these Australian guys to be in the league. So if he gets a shot, I, I hope he gets it. That would be that'd be great. But for the Wildcats, who sort of centered around obviously their team is centered around Bryce Cotton, but you know, part of their development moving forward was was pairing Keanu Pinder with Bryce. Yeah. So if that, if that sort of falls through, then they're not going to be scrambling because they'll go get another import. And, I'm sure the Wildcats have a representative. Well, they do. John really
1: is <laughs> there. Mills is there. Yeah. Hutchie was there last year. I'm sure he might be going. That's there. right. They so really is the, the coach,
0: um, or one of the coaches of the New York City, uh, New York City, the New York Knicks um, summer league team. So he'll be there seeing guys. And if there's a guy on that team specifically that that they like the look of,
1: have they got all their imports? The, the Wildcats? They've got two, don't they? I think they've got Bryce one open and spot. Pinder. Yeah. One pr- open spot, right? Pinder's Australian. Oh, Pinder's Australian, sorry. So, yeah. yeah, he's a West Australian boy. They've got an op- open roster yeah, spot. Yeah, that's right. Most of the league has open roster spots. Yeah. Because they're waiting for this weekend. Of course, yeah. And it's like a convention, as I said before. Everyone's got their word of cash. And mm. something that the NBL is learning over the past six months especially is some of the NBL teams I speak to, they're a bit shocked at the prices these players are asking for now. Yeah. Because we're seeing around the world there's so much more money in basketball. Oh, man. the So much. Went went for NBL salaries 10 years ago. It's been absolutely mushroomed higher than that. Mm. So NBL clubs and the Wildcats are one of the richest NBL clubs are coming to the table with big-time offers now. Yeah. And we're talking offers that push a million dollars in some instances to get these imports in. And it might just be the Wildcats. It'll be the 36ers, the Melbourne Uniteds of the world, the Sydney Kings of the world, that are all strutting around Las Vegas trying to get their imports. And yeah, for John Riley really especially, he gets to link up, be an assistant on the Summer League... Coach with the Knicks and even again on the coaching side, right? There are so many Aussies coaching at Summer League now. They're invading with us.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, There will be NBL clubs as well just willing to splash money. Like if you look at Bryce, right? So every NBL club is thinking, where's the next Bryce coming, right? So the Wildcats take take a bit of a, not a gamble. Well, they take a bit of a gamble on Bryce Cotton bringing him in. Now he's the staple. He's the mm. you know he's the best player in the league. So you'd be thinking, well, we're willing to splash that cash if potentially if we get a guy who can change our franchise. Because if Bryce Cotton goes on any other NBL team, like they become finals fav- finals um, uh, potentials, and um, yeah, so definitely there'll be NBL teams there looking at that. So. Um, I think that's that's summer league. Like games have sort of started. I have not watch, watched a
1: single second. Actually, I saw one good dunk from someone. That was the OKC Thunder game. Yeah. I don't know which team it was, but that was a tasty dunk. That was I did huge, see that. and that and is summer league in a nutshell. I know. Right? Do Hi- not watch the games. Watch the yeah, highlights. Watch the highlights because you're
0: going to watch some bad
1: basketball.
0: I remember when the Wild, um, not the Wildcats, the Dallas Mavericks, um, they drafted Satnam Singh. Um, It's a deep cut It's a very deep (laughs) (laughs) cut I think he was seven foot um, He was an Indian guy The first Indian guy ever to be drafted into the NBA And uh, I watched some of the games purely to see him And he played hardly anything His body was like he's a bit of a freak of nature because he's such a giant person. But he, he wasn't built for playing sports full time. Um, but just seeing him run up and down the court doing things was interesting. But I remember just watching so much bad basketball to watch Sat sing Singh play for like seven minutes think, a
1: game. Why do you do it to yourself? The I first time I ever went to Summer League was in 2017. And that was the year Lonzo Ball came out of college. Jason right. Tatum was a rookie. And so there was all this hype around Lonzo playing with the Lakers coming to Summer League. And so all these Lakers fans descended on the arena. And the arena where the big games are played at Summer League, it's a 15,000-seat arena. It's massive. But I just remember this place was packed out with Lakers fans. It smelt like a Bob Marley concert. There were (laughs) Lakers fans just lighting up in the alleyways, (laughs) having the time of their life watching Lonzo run around and play what must be said was putrid basketball. There was no redeeming feature to it. But it was all about hope and the NBL was selling the future and everyone was excited. Yep. But it had nothing to do with the actual gameplay. It was yeah. everything around the NBA. So, yeah, that's our PSA for the fans out there. Enjoy yeah. the highlights, watch the KO minis. Yeah, absolutely. But do not. Grab yourself a shelter and sit down and watch a full game. You're not going <laughs> to enjoy yourself
0: unless you just, just I don't know, have nothing else to do. Dedicated, and, uh, yeah. Maybe we
1: should be selling this more. Go and watch <laughs> summer league. Go do scouting league. for us. <laughs>
0: yeah, give us a give us a two hour rundown of every summer league game. Um, speaking of Lonzo, there's a potential that he was he'll never play basketball. If they again. said
1: he's out for at least 12 more months. That's
0: months crazy. And done. this the injury that this like the reports I've seen is that like yeah he's had a he's gonna they're gonna keep trying to bring him back, but there is a good chance that. Because it's just such a really obscure well, he's injury, He's got like right? a chronic
1: knee injury and he's still got a couple of years left in his contract. Yeah. And it's just typical for the Bulls, right? Because they had him in for that three-month period with our it winning was game. so good. And looking really good. Yeah. And then the is caught up and he hasn't been seen since. And It's going to be two years out of the league and I'd say he's probably not going to come back and amount to much in the NBA, which yeah. is sad because I joke about that summer league experience, but this guy had so much hype. He had his dad talking all that nonsense. Yeah but he was actually a good NBA player. He oh, found exactly. his feet in yeah. New Orleans, found his feet again in Chicago and was that wonderful combo guard yeah. that you could see playing 20 minutes a game sure. in an NBA Finals game on the right team. But the injuries have hit and unfortunately he's been ruled out for the season and, well, the Bulls were in no man's land and Paul they Lonzo are. might not be seen again.
0: Yeah, it's a real shame. I was starting to really like come around to him because I think his dad really soured my sort of liking for the Bulls. Um, that's <laughs> they, a good saying. But they—that's um, <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but both both ball brothers who are playing in the NBA are excellent. Like they're really good basketball players. Well, did you
1: see Lon, uh, the Charlotte contract they gave out during the week?
0: Uh, yeah, for for
1: uh, Lonzo's brother, they offered him giving him Lamelo. Re- yeah, Lamelo. I, I kept brainfired. thinking of LiAngelo, but I, I, I knew it wasn't Leangelo. Well. I was going to say Lavar <laughs> la two hundred and ten million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's he's pretty box office. Like, they'll get and players. No one's going to go to Charlotte. They've got nowhere else to spend their money. Yeah. But that's an obscene amount of money. It
0: is. There is a lot of obscene money going around. So, I want to um, tell you about this dropping dimes yes, you Twitter. You an account. update on this. So, dropping dimes is this random Twitter account that's just sort of come out of obscurity. Um, there is no, it's one of those accounts that doesn't have an avatar. So it's just the egg, like the Twitter the egg. bot accounts. Exactly. And so it seems like a bot account, like if you were just to look at it. Currently on the Dropping Dimes Through account, let's just have a look. It's got 38,000, yeah, 38 and a half thousand followers. Just, just a egg emoji. It's been leaking NBA news before anyone else. So it, it got, the five, I'm saying it because I don't know who, who or what it is. He got the first five picks of the draft right, which weren't, it's not like the craziest thing ever because it was pretty, but it was the right order and a lot of people thought that Scoot Henderson was going to go second, um, but, he, but he didn't and, and he sort of had picked the first five. So not that crazy. But then now that free agency has started, that's where like dropping dimes 50 I think it is and it's had to change because it keeps getting suspended for some reason um, is just leaking this free agency signing stuff so he was the first first person is just say out of nowhere James Harden um, has just signed an extension but he wants out and which was weird because like that was never really in the news that was never really something you know there's like, there a bit of talk around you know Embiid and Harden are they working together does, does he want to be mm. there but this was the first time that someone was actually like, he wants out and he's requesting a trade, doesn't know where yet. So that was something. He leaked the, the um, mentioned Kyrie resigning with Alice, which was, again was something that people thought would happen. But there's time and time again, um, he's beating Shams and Woj by like 15 minutes at a time. So I don't know who this dropping dimes person is, but it's definitely, they're definitely an insider. And someone asked like, how do you know this stuff? And they, I can't remember what the tweet was, but it was basically something like, um, uh, I've been around the league a long time and I just know things. <laughs> but I don't know. It seems someone has to be like linked to
1: this account at some point, right? I don't know. I'm just looking through this now, what's? I'm in two minds. What do you think it is? Do you think it's some blog boy that's 15 years old in his mum's basement? Or do you think this is some disgruntled NBA employee that's leaking the stuff out?
0: I I think it's a maybe someone that works at one of the agencies or something that is because I remember so like when I was when I was at the Wildcats right I would hear about news that's come out you know or things that we were thinking of doing right and but we weren't allowed to say anything because nothing is hundred percent confirmed right so maybe this person is at an agency and he's working um, at Clutch or he's working at I don't know one of these. Um, or, or he's working ESPN mm. and he's a trusted employee that, or she's and a trusted employee that is finding out information and they're just going with it when they shouldn't. So um, I don't know, just a very interesting sort of uh, ripple or, or, or sort of thing that's happening in this NBA off season. Like there's always good stuff that happens, but this is sort of the big one that's happening um, in terms of news. So uh, he said, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks will both side with the Houston Rockets tomorrow um, Van Vliet's deal will likely story. be two years of eighty million. So he's he's just signing. He's just writing out a lot of stuff.
1: He is. He is writing out a lot of rumors, though. Yeah, a lot of rumors. But but I wonder if this guy goes and deletes puts these tweets out there and deletes them after things don't happen.
0: Nah, because he's because he's not getting screenshotted like that. So he's not doing like the whole like private Twitter account. Tweeting out a bunch of stuff and then deleting the wrong things. Um, go have a look at it if you if you if you're bored on Twitter and you've got less than six hundred tweets why the left,
1: NBA, is the craziest league absolutely. in the world that we're worrying about, like burner Twitter accounts that I still think is some <laughs> yeah. blog boy that's sitting in his mum's basement just making stuff up. And it, but this, maybe this is Elon's burner account. Maybe Elon just loves the NBA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe maybe like what's happening is is like when Shams puts a tweet out, there's some Twitter employee that gets it and like like stops it and then he writes out the tweet and then
1: he lets the Shams tweet go out like a minute later. Did you see Shams put his screen time on social media during free agency? Yes. What was it again? How many 19 hours? 19 hours a day. That's insane. What's your screen time? I don't know.
0: Mine's... I get the update every Monday cause at about 9.30 or 10 o'clock and I'm around five to six hours screen time a day which is... I feel like it's a lot but it's it's definitely not as much as some people but Shams is literally 19 hours. Ronan, Ronan's behind the... um. Uh, the cameras here producing. Do you know your screen time? You can sometimes get to maybe seven or eight. Seven or, seven eight. or eight. Yeah. You, yours would, I don't know. I, I, I think mine, you're more of a computer guy. I'm more than, of a computer guy. Yeah. I reckon
1: probably two or three hours on the phone. Yeah. But two or three, that's not s- much. Speaking of shams, I remember the time we mm. did go to Summer League and this guy was just always lurking in the background just on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and 19 hours a day, that's five hours a day where you're not on your phone. That feels like the time he sleeps. Otherwise, he's just always got his phone unlocked and on, like, doing something. These guys are just addicted to the grind. I don't think I love anything enough to be on my phone 19 hours a day for. Can you think of anything you I reckon, appreciate that
0: much? I reckon, like, Flappy Bird for, like, a week. <laughs> 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 Apart from that, I can't think of anything I want to do on my well, phone. Well, you say this next time long.
1: the Eagles win a game, we might be on our phones 24-7. That's true. Might the West, West 2024, but uh, we'll be up in arms.
0: Blimey. That, that I don't know when you get want to get into the west coast eagles at the moment it's just a hard time to be a west coast eagles fan if you just follow basketball for some reason if you listen to this podcast and you um have no idea who the west coast eagles are or or afl the west coast eagles are basically in the last three years have been i've won like six games or something in three years um there's 22 games or 23 games of season we're in territory of like
1: a six percent win rate in the last well Put it, let's put it into NBA terms We used to be the Miami Heat Or the San Antonio Spurs Yep And now we're the New York Knicks No we're the
0: Charlotte Bobcats no. We're like the Charlotte Bobcats When they won oh, Or the New Jersey But no
1: one cares about Charlotte People look at New York <laughs> yeah, And they care about them And they look at that team And go Oh your ownership in front office Is bad We want yep. to laugh at you Yeah. Your fans are delusional that's what we've become. So That's what we've become. Anyway, turning any the listeners off. Let's get back to. My I don't
0: people. want to talk about. I don't want to talk about them. Curry, um Kyrie Irving. We talked. Oh, I talked about this last week with Jared, who jumped on the pod. If you haven't heard this podcast, um, the Jared Major podcast I did last week. He's a guy who's trained a lot of NBL athletes. Um, it's really interesting, just like hearing about that side of things. Um, go back and have a listen. I, we did briefly. Um, he's, he loves basketball. He's a big basketball mm. guy, but doesn't dive into the deep crevices of Kyrie Irving news. So I, I sort of told him a little bit about it and then we moved on pretty quickly. But you were, you said that Kyrie, I think you were 50-50, right? You thought if Kyrie signs and then Luca leaves in a year or something.
1: He's gone. No. He's gone. I've seen the photos of Luca though. He's on the Ben Simmons uh, off-season workout routine, the <laughs> videos that have been yeah. flooding into social media. So maybe we're about to see Luca take over the league. But yes, I think the Kyrie Irving signature, who I'll let you vent on in a second is the start of the decline and the Luka Doncic trade request will be incoming within 18 months.
0: Don't don't you think though that like the Mavs are pretty, have made some really dumb decisions in the past. And I think, a and I think in recent, like this draft was really good. They did really good at the draft. And so things are changing, but don't you think like Nico Harrison and Mark Cuban would be like, Luka, we want to sign Kyrie, but if you have any doubt whatsoever, we're not going to do it. Like we're not going to sign Kyrie to this big deal. There's no way he would have said, like, no, I'm not sure. And then
1: they said, well, we're going to do it anyway. They're not going to piss off Luca. I'm sure he wants that now, but we've seen this time and time again, that players aren't the ones that should be making decisions. There was a time where LeBron wanted the 38-year-old Shaquille O'Neal in Cleveland, and then he bounced 12 months later. So I'm sure right now Luca wants Corey to stick around because he's not dumb. He knows he needs someone. Yeah, but when Corey is lighting Sage courtside in January or <laughs> requesting a trade to the Lakers next season or taking the second half of the season out because he watched something on Amazon that he shouldn't and Luca is left fighting solo in the playoffs... I think that's when we're going to see him get jacked. So
0: I think Kyrie's turned a corner. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's good. Cut, where's that beer We need to cut him off. <laughs> I think. Um, look, this is this is Kyrie's last big contract. So he signed, a, he signed but he's a got a the money now for so yeah he's exactly. So he signed. He, to he signed four years, one hundred and thirty-two, which is a discount. People <laughs> are saying it's overs, but it is less than he could have signed elsewhere. A lot of people are saying the Mavs are bidding against themselves, but. Someone probably would have given Kyrie more if he really wanted it. But. So
1: what, what do you think is a realistic best case for the Mavericks this season?
0: Um, I would love uh, like uh, to be within the sixth seed, you know, one through sixth seed and, like, win a playoff series.
1: And do you think that keeps Luka happy?
0: Uh, depends. Depends on the rest of the team. Like, there's still a lot to happen and there's still, like... I think if you have to be in the – Luca has to be in the playoffs. Like, Luca can't be, not be in the playoffs. Now, if they miss the playoffs again, I agree. They are getting – he wants out. But if they make the playoffs and they have a, a decent run, I think he goes, okay, like, all right, we're ready to, to make a run. Like, if he doesn't win a championship this year, he's not going to be like, well, this is stupid. I, I, like, he's in year five or something. Like,
1: no, but he's got three years left in this contract before he can opt out. And we know what happens in the NBA with two years left. If yeah, you really yeah. want out – you can start making... Oh, those.
0: teams Teams will trade five first-round yeah. picks for Luca Because even if he has the worst contract... Like there's no way he has a bad contract. So when he has the max contract of $300 million of five years, a team will trade for him. And
1: do you know what I saw? I th- it was this to a podcast, I can't remember who, but they were looking at the Lakers' contracts they've signed during the off season. And conveniently enough, the salary of D'Angelo Russell plus Rui Hachimura is exactly what Corey Irving makes. And so this podcast was theorizing that what if Kyrie still wants to get the Lakers, but these contracts are lined up and then when it gets to December, guess who might be issuing a trade request asking him to go back to LA?
0: Well, if they I'll take those
1: two guys in return for Kyrie. You've got we've got on a run sheet here. Dante Exum is back.
0: That's right. Let's let's talk like so f- whatever. Kyrie, we've talked about Kyrie like I don't know, that's probably been our major talking point in this entire season of the Backtrack basketball show. Um, let's talk about Dante Exum, because he spent two years out of the league. He's been playing in in Spain, and he's had two really good, consistent years of basketball. His shooting numbers are up. He's been healthy. um, He had a broken toe at some point because someone did a wrestling move on him during a fight um, in a game. Apart from that, he's been really consistent. So uh, there's been a bit of hate about the Exum signing because of the NBA, uh, in, in the NBA, but I think from from fans because they're just like, well, Dante Exum like he was, did nothing in, in well he didn't do nothing but he like he was inconsistent in the NBA, couldn't shoot, um, he was injured all the time. I think he's done enough now to show that like he's maybe figured some stuff out,
1: right? I think so, and I think we're talking about it now. He's, Dante's father unfortunately passed away yes on Monday. We don't right. Saw that, so obviously thoughts with Dante because this should be a great week for him because he's yeah. getting himself back into the NBA. And on a Dallas side, as much as I'm joking about Luca asking out, this is where you want to be for a French NBA player. You want to be playing with an MVP-caliber player on a team that rightly or wrongly thinks it can actually make a deep playoff run. And Dante has gone away from the NBA and had a very good run in Europe. And importantly, this last season, he was shooting 40% from three. Yeah, and that was always the thing with his game that he had the athleticism. He was playing great defence still last time in the NBA, but he just couldn't stay on the court with yeah. his offence.
0: So teams are just going to like slag off, him, slag off him. And he just, he, like, he becomes not very useful on the offensive end and teams can't play that. Like, you
1: have to be able to spread the floor. You can't. And so Dallas, we said this all year long, Dallas needs that defence and quite funnily now, their two best defenders are both Australians. Yeah. With Josh Green and Dante Exum and taking the Australian side out of that, that's a lot of length, a lot of defensive talent. And if those two guys can get that three point ball up to about 35%, then that is going to allow Dallas to play some interesting lineups around Luca. So yeah. for Dante, it's a great landing spot. It's a minimum NBA contract, right? So it's not like the Mavs are shelling no. out massive money for him. And this is where he wants to be. It's his opportunity to get back in the league.
0: And He we will see, fight
1: like tooth and nail for it. Correct. And you look at someone like Bruce Brown that just signed for $23 million. Yeah. Like Dante has the pedigree to be doing what Bruce Brown did in the yeah. postseason on the right team. And we see how quickly it can turn. So he's got his opportunity now. And you, as a Mavs fan, taking the Australian stuff out of it, how do you feel about having Dante and his skills there on I, the Mavs? I like I like what he can do. Like he can defend, and he's like
0: long. And um, I think if he can hit sh- if he can hit shots, that's where like that's like you said, that's going to be the main thing. If he can if he can be an option on the wing, and because Luca finds guys constantly who are open, if he can hit the shots, he'll stay on the floor and he become very valuable, like Josh Green did. Josh Green wasn't valuable at all when he, all he could do was defend and be athletic and like do wild layups, right? But the moment he started hitting shots, everyone was like, "Oh shit!" Like we've got a we've got a very good player now, and yeah. that that could be Dante Exum. So um, the Mavs have struggled with their defense; they're one of the worst defensive teams of all time last season. Um, Oh, that's probably not true, but they are really that awful. They could they could not defend anything. So he brings that, and if he can bring shooting, and he can actually like he can handle the ball a little bit. Like he can he can allow Luca to play off him a little bit. Um, and Kyrie, like there's there's definitely options now. So I'm, I think I'm biased about it because I, it's done, like because he's Australian. But trying to put that aside, I think he has some a skill set that the Mavs need. Um, another Australian that apparently was linked to the Mavs was Matisse Thybul. Apparently, mm. there were some talks of him.
1: Uh, is he? Do you know if he's unrestricted? He's restricted in Portland. He's restricted, but he's just hanging out in the wind until we talk about. Our next topic. Yeah, but that's right. That. So yeah, Don just going to have to sit there. Let's
0: go. To, let's go to that. So there's a lot of dominoes that I think will fall in free agency. So what what happens usually um, is there'll be a few big marquee signings that the that are, everyone's sort of waiting for, hap, waiting to happen, and then. I'm, telling you, I'm not telling you this because you, you already know this, but th- um, a few marquee signings that will happen and then dominoes start to fall. All these sort of mid-level players and um, veteran signings start to happen once teams know how much money they can play with. That's sort of currently happening in um, in Portland at the moment. So he's going to earn a lot of money in the next few years. Um, Damien Lillard, sorry. Um, but he wants out. Yep. So the thing is for the last year, right? Lillard has been like, Portland's at home, I wanna win here, I wanna be loyal, blah, 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 saying all the right things. But everyone I think sort of was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you wanna get a trade, like unless Portland did something crazy last season um, or they could bring in some really, like if they brought in Kevin Durant or something like, then he would probably stay around. So now uh, the news is that, that Dane wants out and particularly wants to play for Miami, right? So until that happens, until that trade happens to whatever team that ends up as, there'll be a lot of moving parts that happen after that. So that could be Matisse Leibel coming over the Mavs or, or, or playing elsewhere. What, what do you think about uh, Miami... Uh, sorry, what do you think about Portland working with Dame to get his trade request filled?
1: They remind me of that couple that we all know that's been together a year too long. Because yeah. the writing has been on the wall for so long that the NBA is quite routine-driven when we have superstar players like Dame mm-hmm. that get to a certain point in their career but haven't won yet. They get all the money... And we've known it's been leading to this point for the past two years that the trade demand was going to come. And just the timing of it just rubbed me the wrong way. Why didn't this happen before the draft? Why wait until the second day of free agency? Interestingly enough, it happened 12 hours after Jeremy Grant got all the money in the world from Portland. So I wonder if that's Dame saying, I'm just going to get one of my boys paid and then I'm going to get out and try to get what I want because this really should have happened two weeks ago. And in terms of the Miami of it all, if Portland liked the trade offer coming from Miami, this trade would have been done already. Oh, of course, because Miami can only do they want to make moves. They want to make moves. Miami's got a decent collection of assets to pass back. Yep, nothing too great. But the position that Portland find themselves in now, because they've waited too long, they've lost leverage. Yeah, they've got leverage now, and they can drag out the trade. But they've lost lost leverage because they're not going to get a Rudy Gobert type trade where they're going to get four first yeah. round draft picks, some cap relief, a young player. Those deals just don't exist anymore. Whereas yep. twelve months ago, if they decided to do the courageous yeah, thing and bring this forward, back. yeah, correct. <laughs> they could have owned the Minnesota Timberwolves for the next five years or yep. the Phoenix Suns. And they're in a position now where there's even talk that they might be trying to absorb Ben Simmons' contract yeah, to get that. extra draft picks and as much as Ben has had a good career in, at spurts, he's a year away from being washed out of the NBA. Yeah. So that shows where Portland is at. So I get the idea that you want to do right by your players to a certain extent, someone that's been great for the community for selling in Portland, but it's that madman li- line, right, that that's what the money's for. You're yeah. getting paid $60 million a year. Yeah. That you're a bit of at the mercy of what the team wants to do because you can't call your shots when you commit to get paid a quarter of a billion dollars yeah. for the next four years. And then complain where you get sent.
0: Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I don't think like there's this like thing that Damien's been loyal for the longest time Portland. And that's like, well, he's been loyal to you for so long. You should show some sort of yeah, grace in that money, but that. you've just been, pa- you've been paying him a, a shitload that entire time as well. So I'm, I would absolutely be sending him to whoever gives me the best deal. I'm not going to be bending. I, I I know that
1: happens a lot though. Like, but teams. This, this is the cycle of the NBA, right? Because if they had a trade to send him to Charlotte, we know how this works. His agents will be jumping up and down in the background saying that I'm going to pull the James Harden routine and go get the clubs and not yeah. show up. And it scares teams off. So he's probably still going to end up in Miami.
0: Oh, the history he says he's
1: going to get what he wants. Yeah. But it's just we also have to circle through this cycle for the next three months where we've got our friends Shams and Woj leaking all this stuff yep. that come from the clubs about these trade demands, these packages, the drama, the clicks, the whole lot of it. Whereas we know with this is going, I would bet mostly everything I have, probably 90% chance that he ends up in Miami. Yeah. Yet we have to go through this seven stages of grief to get him there because at the end of the day, he's a superstar player with a ton of leverage over any team that picks him up because he can refuse to show up. Yeah. And that's why this falls on the trailblazer for me. They should have made this trade twelve months ago. Absolutely, get yeah. it in front of this staff and they would be so much better off.
0: Because you got that his agent as well, who's probably saying, you know, let's let's get Dame to Miami because I got a lot of guys that I look after, and it'd be a shame if I, you know, weren't including you in trade requests and things like that. Like there's there's definitely a bit of leverage from an agent as well to say, if you're not willing to play ball with us, then I can make your life like quite difficult so not saying that that is but that's what his agent is doing but that's what they do they, they have to
1: keep they th- the agents happy do this that's that's what the good agents do no matter any sport that yep. you're in they leverage teams they represent yep. half the league and it's it's mm-hmm. interesting right because these agents will say that you do my player are solid and i will fix you up in the back end or do right by mm-hmm. you and that's just a load of bull crap that never works players yep. want more money and more opportunities they're human yep. beings they're always going to take the most amount of money but these agents have got very very Good at leaking things to the media and it goes on Twitter and then somehow the players have simply towards them yeah. when they're getting paid all this money. And That's yeah, you right. You have to move across the country. But for $50 million, I think anyone in their reasonable mind would be willing to live anywhere in the US if you're getting that much money.
0: Absolutely. Um, another interesting thing with the Asians is that I've seen on Twitter lately and, and I, th- I feel like I've seen it more this off-season than most. And I asked a friend of mine, um, Tim Cato, who, who's a... Um, Beat reporter for the Mavs for the um, Athletic. He's just actually he's just a general basketball writer, but anyways. Um, I was saying, what all of a sudden it feels like the in the Woj and Shams tweets, the agents are being listed. It's like, oh. Rich Paul from Clutch Sports um, and Damien Lillard
1: have agreed to a deal to blah blah blah. It's like it's even better. Have you seen they've started doing like Rich Paul, president of Clutch Sports, yeah. has yeah. agreed to a deal, like. So I asked you about
0: this and I said, is that new? And he said, actually, it's like two or three seasons ago, Rich Paul started requesting it, like from Shams and Woj, that he said, I want. Oh. And now it's like just almost become a staple
1: that like every other agent's like, well, I want that too. Correct. Well, guess who represents Shams? Probably Rich Paul. Clutch Sports. <laughs> and our friend Wojnowski is represented by CAA, who right. represents half the league. So yeah, I'm just looking through Shams' Twitter at the moment. And you're right. I did notice this during the week. Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul and agent Brandon—I'm not going to pronounce this guy's yep. name—but eight words about yep. the Clutch connection. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's a PR spin, right? Instead of going down to sheltering getting and some beers and publicising that way, these agents just use shams and woge and probably give them some nice kickbacks on the back end yep. to get their names out there. Absolutely.
0: Um, we've gone over a little bit of Damien Lillard, but James Harden's in a similar boat in that he um, apparently wants out of the 76ers. Where do you think he ends up? I don't even need to talk about it. James Harden's like, I saw a tweet like through the week that says something like, look, James Harden's single. He's got no kids. He'll just play wherever he wants to play now. Like there's no, he's obviously not one, of. The, he's not a one club player and he just wants to win. Like I think he just wants to go and have a good time and, we will make lots of money
1: Speaking of that Have you seen the videos This morning of him At the the white party For the 4th of July
0: Oh yes The one that was um, For the owner of um, uh, Fanatics Yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, Michael
1: Rubin Who used to own the 76ers Right Throws this big white party in the That was crazy And just looking Through the video Carden was there With Tyrese Maxey That plays for the Sixers And Tobias Harris And James Harden James Harden, sorry, Joel Embiid. And yep. then you also had Tom Brady and Jay Z and every other famous person you could poke a stick at.
0: I saw like James Corden was there. Yeah. Like it's just a random mix of people. Yeah. So, so I was yeah.
1: seeing that this morning and obviously thinking that James lives a good life. But yep. for the first time this morning, I thought maybe he's going to go back in Philly because who's going to trade for James Harden? Yeah, I know the Clippers. There's talk about yep. them trading for him. But what are they going to give yeah. Philadelphia? Some role players. And again, exactly what we said about. Luca before, will apply to Joel Embiid if the 76ers don't get into the second round and beyond next year. The, yeah. the trade demand is coming from that end as well. And I don't see the point of giving up James Harden for a couple of role players and Terrence Mann and a far-flung draft pick. If you can swing that and get Dame Lillard through the door, yeah. then sure. But yeah, James Harden lives a good life. There was talk of him going back to Houston. I think they wisely pivoted from that. That's a
0: rant. That's a rogue
1: that's Again, like, that's our friend uh, Woj leaking yeah. that out to get more money. Yeah. Whether they should have thrown $45 million a year at Fred Van Vliet, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I saw uh, Bill Simmons was like, because he hates Kyrie, um, and he was going at the Mavs pretty hard about the Kyrie. Did Ervings you see him calling him Billy Boy? Yeah, and he <laughs> replied back calling him Billy Boy, which was great. Um, but then you look, you compare, like, would you have Van Vliet, like Fred, would you have Fred or Kyrie on there? Like
1: you reckon? 100%. Nah, what kind of One guy shows up for work, the other works part-time. Nah, he was good at the, good at the Mavs. Like last season, <laughs> he was good at the like Mavs. Five 5-11, bro.
0: Yeah, but he, but he showed up and he played. <laughs> he played some very good games. <laughs> how many playoff games did they win this year? Doesn't matter. How many <laughs> playoff games did the, the Raptors win? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe Ingles has got another payday. Shout out for Joe Ingles getting paid still. I'm that stoked for Joe Ingles. Going out to... Uh, Florida <laughs> He's gone Retire in Florida <laughs> Disneyland Getting a million Eleven million dollars Right it was, a, was it around eleven Yeah I can't see I can't remember But um, A little retirement payday Is what you've written here On, on the run sheet
1: uh, Stoked for Joe Inkels Respect That's his seed <laughs> yeah. capital money To come back and buy An NBL club one day Yep And like you say He's got young kids Yep He's in his mid-thirties Not that I can talk i in my mid-thirties But <laughs> Go down to Disneyland Have a nice year in the NBA. Yep million, I love Joe, but he barely played last year. To give him $11 million, God bless his agent because he's doing some very impressive work.
0: Teams like Orlando, they just need to spend money because they're going to reach that floor, right? And they've just, um, you know, they didn't didn't max extend Bol Bol who um, (laughs) (laughs) they've waived today, which is a shame. Um, So uh, I don't know what Orlando is doing. If you're an Orlando fan, I just, like, I don't, like, how do you.
1: The, the, well, the A, <laughs> there how aren't that many do you the fans. Do They you do have the a couple of young, nice pieces. I can never get this guy's name right, but Banchero. Yeah, yeah. I butchered that. But Pablo. Banchero. Banchero, yeah. yeah. And he's
0: put on, he's put on weight. He's jacked candles, up. The yeah. Wagner
1: twins are down there. They've got a decent little squad. But again, they haven't been relevant since Dwight Howard left a decade ago. Yeah. And just getting into the postseason will be a win. So maybe Joe. Well, not maybe. He's definitely going to be some veteran presence in that locker room, and they mm-hmm. need that. And I suppose if you flip it that right, right, it's an eleven million dollar investment to mentor your young draft picks. Then fair enough. And for a yep. team that's looking to go from twelfth up to tenth, then Ingalls can probably help them do that. Whether they've got any chance of elevating into the top four of the conference anytime soon, I don't think so. With the way <laughs> they're in No up Man's at the moment. Man. But they need to position their young players. And again, throwing $11 million at Ingalls is great, but they'd be better off going after someone like Exum who has a bit more upside and yeah, there
0: are that many players could stay around. Stay around
1: a while. Exactly, and that can build with this team and he's not going to be a one and done.
0: Uh, Jog Landau's yeah. another, another Australian. The Australians are getting paid uh, $8 million um, guaranteed. It was reported as a four year, $32 million deal. Um, props to him if, if, he, if he plays out that, that contract. That's amazing. He's like, yeah. uh, he's done huge things converting from the or transferring from the NBL to the NBA. Um, I, I liked like he did a lot of good things for the Suns at the end there. I was surprised that they didn't just. It was probably a money thing.
1: Money thing, right? They could have only paid him two million dollars, and I definitely lose sight of this because we talk about fifty and sixty million dollars a yeah. year for Kyrie and Fred Van Vliet. but eight million dollars for a, a guy that was playing in the NBL two years ago. That is life. Oh, absolutely. money that's your set for life yep. it's not the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars yep that's your family take care of that's oh, your absolutely. kids having properties for the rest of their lives and jock's got that now and again he's got those unguaranteed years in his contract it's almost like a promise ring right that the mm. rockets have given him that if you show up and we're impressed with you we'll keep giving you eight million dollars a year and it's on him now because that team needs all the help they can get. Talk about young, unprofessional, yep. everything we just talked about with the magic on steroids, that there is a pathway for Landau going in there and doing a lot of the dirty work and earning minutes, especially under Coach Udoka, who is all about defense, rebounding and toughness. Yeah. So there's an opportunity for him there. The challenge is, though, this isn't the Phoenix Suns. He doesn't have Kevin Durant, Chris no. Paul, Devin Booker feeding him good looks. He's not going to have the opportunities those Rockets guards do not like passing the ball. Jalen Green has never thrown a (laughs) pass in his life. So the opportunities aren't going to be there to touch the ball. But if he can go in and do the one percenters, then he has a great opportunity to earn the second year of the contract and keep that thing moving forward. Does the NBA have one percenters as a stat? No, that's such an Australian (laughs) thing. I remember when I was living in the US, I was talking about one percenters and white line fever to my friend in Philadelphia, Jason, who covers the NBA. And he was looking at me like I was from Mars.
0: Right. White line fever probably means something else.
1: No, I they mean. had no idea. Right. And then I remember Jason was like, I'll ask Ben Simmons what that means, thinking he's Australian and men would be engaged in it. And Ben was like, no, nah, bro, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> a typical Ben Simmons response. <laughs> That's
0: good. Uh, ben, mate, I think we're done. We're almost done for the entire season. Next next week, I'm trying to get a guest. I got a fish like on
1: the line. Mm, you got a live one?
0: He's got, I've got a live one. He's flipping around. He's... Being strong and powerful. Um, so we, we're tr- I'm trying to get a big, little big fish, not a little big fish, a big, big fish to finish off the season next um, uh, next week, episode 40. Uh, but I think that's, you're off the hook. You, you came to Perth just purely for this. So thank I did you I flew in f- just for this? F- for coming in. Um, I'll hook you up with some, um, some chat ales. It's that good. It's 4.2%. It's crushable. You can have
1: 10 of them and you feel great. Um, and you can... Just search Shelter Brewing Co and you can buy them online. You can. As my great friend Daniel says, they're very sessionable. Mm. So you can sit here and have a session. I'd even listen to more fishing buns for next like <laughs> half an hour. You're on, you're on a streak at the moment. That's right. <laughs>
0: uh, backchat underscore basketballs where you find us on Instagram and hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Send us an email, any questions or any requests that you have for us in the off-season. We've got some, some big things already happening for next season, some big plans, some big ideas. Uh, but we're not at the final episode yet. That will be next week. Once I have hooked this guy or girl, no, no spoilers. Uh, We'll put it up on Instagram, get some questions in, but see what we can do. Otherwise, Ben, uh, see you next time. See you next year. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the Acast Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.